1: Welcome back to more to it, the show that takes a deep dive into the biggest stories in sports, entertainment, and culture. Start with headline news and then journey to deeper conversations. Always finding those life lessons that are presented in every single story. I'm your host, Marcel Swally. That dude. Did I nail it? Ah, I'm getting this better every single day. Corny, I don't care. I am just a big kid. Love you guys, man. And thanks for all the support you guys have for this show right here where we learn life lessons, right? We talk sports and cover those who cover sports like no one else, man. All powered by ProjectTransition.org. Did I do it right? ProjectTransition.org. Log on to ProjectTransition.org and make a recurring donation weekly or monthly, to support everything we're doing. What do you receive for that? You are guaranteed to get this book right here. Yes, this is my life right there. That's it, not the end of my life, but the end of the book. Oh man, we're gonna hook you up with an autographed, personalized copy of that dude, Never Shut Up book. And if you don't like that, okay, just leave a donation or your email to be a part of the team, to join the team to join the movement. We got some people out there, Brandon Cordero from San Jose, California, Shedrick Williams from Springdale, Arkansas, Arkansas, he did it yesterday, and Joshua Pulu from Salt Lake, Utah. That was just yesterday, recurring donations. Books for you guys are in the mail. All right, y'all. Y'all know how we start off every show. Well, what's up with that dude? Um, Yesterday I had a call because I have new representation, yes. I am going to be represented in this world in a different manner, I say, and I look forward to that. Man, it's crazy because it's an old friend of mine that I've known for 15 years in the business who actually is really cool with my former agent, like almost maybe in like a mentorship role. I don't know, but basically my old agent was a big dog out there, Nick Khan, who now runs the WWE? So, shout out to Rubicon Talent and Dave Maralise. Yes, that's how you say it. Dave Maralise. Oh, I don't know. He's just Dave to me, but I gotta say his last name right to give him some credit. All right, so I'm moving on up like the Jeffersons out here, baby. And I love what we've been doing so far. A lot of stuff going on in the background that's gonna be foreground. For this show so excited about that and all the things we're doing it's crazy though talking to him because he sounds like my former agent and what y'all don't know and I'm gonna tell you right now because I tell y'all everything over time um, when I was at FS1 my first two years I was represented by Nick Khan he made the move from me from ESPN to FS1 then he left to go run WWE Great terms we left on, we still talk, saw him at the movies not too long ago, loved the dude to death. Um, Jason Whitlock also left at that same time. What people didn't know is I didn't have an agent. Now, that wasn't because a lot of people didn't want me to be their client, (laughs) you know. I had suitors, I was the pretty girl that was staying home every night. I was like, nah, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And it's crazy because I think about and reflect now because deeply I didn't see my future being brighter in sports media broadcasting doing to what I was doing. Now, I saw me still getting paid, getting paid, young homie getting paid, but I didn't see me going higher. I saw me as plateauing. So I was like, why do I need somebody to represent what I already have? Give me somebody who can add to what I have, a different direction, etc. And people like Matt, Pat McAfee as a proof of concept of uh, looking at the industry as it was shifting, knowing that the bosses Uh, We're going in all sorts of different directions, Uh, ensemble cast, okay, no more debate, let's try and discuss, but let's not discuss too much, let's get uh, high gloss, let's get an ice skating show, Uh, all that stuff. And I was like, man, look, (laughs) this is looking weird. So, long story short, I didn't have an agent my last two years, Uh, Pick and chose a couple of guys to do some one-offs and opportunities, but now... I feel like I'm at home, so look excited. And it's good to see that I'm comfortable in this home because he is actually comfortable with my old agent. Kind of world ties together. All right, other than that, um, it's too many damn mosquitoes in this world right now. At least if you live in LA. I don't know what the hell is happening. I told y'all about it before, but yesterday I saw something i never seen before. One, two, three, four, five, five mosquitoes on my left leg. At the same damn time. I looked down at my leg, they were at the se- five. And I couldn't believe it, because first you're not even supposed to feel a mosquito, right? You don't feel when they land, they got them good shocks. And then I looked down, I saw five, I was like, shit! Yeah! Swatted them all, of course they all lived. And did you know that all the mosquitoes that bite you are women? Yeah, the females, they out there trying to feed their babies. <laughs> so, I'm like, well, no food for y'all today, damn it. Please, somebody in the comments tell me how to get rid of mosquitoes the best way. I don't care if it's a gadget. I don't care if it's some ointment, some ain't-a-honey, mixing some vinegar with sunflower seeds. I don't care what you got to do. Just tell me how to get rid of mosquitoes. They literally got me scared to go outside the backyard right now. I ain't lying. All right, now, speaking of pests or how to get rid of trolls, Let's talk about this story right here. It's called social deletion, but let's be real about this. This was the Arkansas Arkansas coach, Sam Pittman, who recently deleted his ex. He deleted his Twitter account saying he was frustrated with the negative consequences that come from fans and supporters having direct access to him, the coaches, and the players. I was like, ah. He said, quote, I closed my Twitter account. And that's how I feel about it. I'll be honest with you. I just got sick of it. <laughs> only reason I had it in the first place is for recruiting. Damn it. I'm told it would do well for the university if I bring it back. So he expressed his concern with the Twitter account, X account, because of the personal attacks and abuse that was directed at not only him, but his players all through social media. He basically like, well, I got this bridge open, and everything that comes across this bridge is bad for me. Close the bridge, damn it. That's what he was thinking right there. And he said he had to spend an inordinate amount of time counseling his players extensively about the psychological issues that come with social media. He said, I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's right. I don't think it's right for the kids. Had to spend an inordinate amount of time counseling some of the players over the comments and abuse they received on social media. Now, it's interesting because he's trying to protect the well-being of his program. He's trying to go out there and just coach football. But what all comes with coaching football now? All that comes with doing anything that is out in the public's eye, where the public can consume it, it now has a price. And that's the cost of fame. That's the cost of being highly publicized, highly visible in this world today. So he talked deeper about it. He got into some other issues. And the thing that I thought was really interesting is how he said... He has an issue how people interact on social media, and he said he emphasized the harm that's caused by the personal attacks, some of the body shaming, and how the coaches are restricted in terms of the political, religious, and personal affiliations that they can share on social media, but they got to take all of everyone else's affiliations and are expected to endure that criticism. He said, as a coach, you can't even have a political affiliation. You can't have a religious affiliation, can't do anything, but you can take it. Well, I got tired of taking it, damn it. (laughs) So he concluded by saying, hey, I closed my Twitter account because of all the negativity and look, it may lead to more criticism, so be it. Y'all could talk about me all you want. Probably won't hear about it because I'm not connected to you guys through X and Twitter anymore, he said. Hey, we got an official football team account. Y'all want to talk to the program? Talk to that damn account over there, and the recruits can connect with the team through that vehicle. And he said, if I do re-activate my Twitter account, guess what? I may do it just because they' making me do it. But I ain't gonna engage much on the platform. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here are my thoughts about this: the good and bad that comes. With social media, because I see the good first, like like anybody, like, come on, y'all. We always talk about the negative side of the crap, the negative side of social media. Let's talk about the fact that right now I could connect to somebody in Japan and send a group text around the world and everybody can respond to it like that. I grew up in an era where you couldn't even go to the library and get the book you wanted, right? <laughs> Dewey Decimal System was letting us down. You go to the library, you're like, oh, yeah, about to get that, that book from Christopher Columbus. I got to do my book report. You get there, it's checked out. After you don't went to the library and you're like, NC746928-374.8. Do you have that book? She like, and she's scrolling on the damn stream. she, like, <laughs> she scroll like this. She like, no, we don't have that book. Sorry, it's checked out. And then it's like, yeah, they're supposed to return return it three days ago. It's overdue. They owe us 15 cents. Remember those days? Well, now you could be at the red light. You'd be like, damn it. I got to do a report on Christopher Columbus. My kid in the back, MJ in the back. I got to do a report on Christopher Columbus, Daddy, when I get home. Oh, I don't have to wait till I get home, Daddy. I use my iPad. Christopher Columbus. Daddy, how you spell Christopher? (laughs) Boy. All right. So Christopher Columbus, enter. Ah. He already got it right there. Ain't checked out either, right? And as he gets older, he all of a sudden can broadcast that to the world. Look at my report that I did on Christopher Columbus. Why did I pick Christopher Columbus? Do not ask me. That was just the first book report I remember I had to do. So it takes me back to ah, the issues that come from social media. Because what social media is really bombarding you with is this. It's the outside world telling you something. Good or bad, because social media could flatter you too. Don't act like it always shames you. It could flatter you. But remember, is the outside world's thoughts of you greater than your belief in yourself and your thoughts of yourself, right? So are you somebody who is letting the world tell them that they're greater than they are? That's how you get cocky, right? You ever hear somebody reading their own press clippings? You ever did it yourself? I have all of a sudden you start believing the hype, right? And then you become something else, different than your own belief of who you are, that balance in that. Or, you could be a person who think who you are, I'm good, I'm bad, I'm ugly, I got it all. You know, I'm balanced and they can be killing you. You could go through a firestorm on social media and they can make you think you're worse than you are. Just like playing sports, you win a game, don't think you're the Super Bowl champions because you want to know. At the same time, if you're on water, if you're one don't think you ain't going to make the Super Bowl, right? Don't think you can't be Super Bowl champions. Always that balance in It takes me back to my two rules of social media. Never respond to negativity. Why? I hate when I hear people out there talking about, well, you're not on my level and I'm not on your level. Respond, I, I'm not doing it. It's not a level thing. It's about I'm giving energy to something that I don't want. So if I don't want it, why give it energy? Because if I give it energy, oh, I'm going to get energy. Because energy can't be created or destroyed, just exchange, correct? So, I'm not giving energy to anything I don't want. And I don't want negativity, so I don't respond to negativity. Even though some of those people who are being negative are actually correct. They're accurate or they're not on my level. Some of them may be above my level, right? In certain aspects, who gives a damn? I ain't ranking who, critiquing me. Oh, it's an egg, it doesn't matter. Really? So if you walk past a homeless person and they give you some jewels and some words of wisdom, you ain't gonna take them jewels because you're gonna judge the messenger, not the message. Ah, so don't give it any energy just because it's negative and it will give you back negative energy. The second rule I have is, this is the tricky one. Never clarify yourself and your position. Don't do it, because that's the slippery one. That's the, that's the one that's hiding behind, that's the devil in a, in a different color dress. Like, oh, oh, Marcella said this, Tom said that, and next thing you know, no, I didn't say that, and then they like, got him, they light your ass up. All they're trying to do is set the trap for you. So never respond to negativity because you don't want negativity back. And two, never clarify your position. I know it's coming from me and every time it comes from me, I'm like, whatever. I already said what I said because I said it, damn it. <laughs> and That's all it is. So it's funny, I've worked with a lot of people in, in sports media who will project like they are so secure, right? But I've been there with them because they're my boys, they were my homegirls or I've seen them on set or I've seen them quiet in the corner. And you know what they're doing? of them are literally in a funk, getting paid millions of dollars to talk about athletes and sports in a funk with a suit on in the air conditioned studio. In a funk, you want to know why they're in a funk? Because somebody on social media said that I was wrong and they're killing me, man. Do you have kids? (laughs) Focus on your kids. Do you have uh, pets? Focus on your pets because you act like they're your kids. Whatever you got a family. Like, are you serious? Like, what? I mean, you don't think you're perfect, right? Okay. So, someone is acknowledging your imperfections, right? Okay. So, what's the problem? Like, somebody call me Marcellus, so I'll be like, yeah, that's my name. If somebody says you're not perfect, i am saying, yeah, you're right. Like, what are we doing here? We're not going to battle, right? Now, I understand. Sometimes somebody gets you, no matter who you are, you know none of us are perfect. Somebody really get at you, and you're like, yo, well, what should I do? I'm just telling you, man, that's, that's part of the price of sticking yourself out there. And if you're a celebrity, that's the price of fame. And it's a muscle that needs to be developed. All of us have to develop that muscle. In today's times, the muscle you must develop is how to deal with public criticism. And we all have to deal with it if we are on a public platform. You have three followers. You gotta deal with some of the criticism that comes from those three followers, right? You ain't going to say everything perfect to three people, let alone three million, let alone 30 million as some of these people have in following. So just remember that, right? Because I'm reminding my wife right now through this process because her social media, her uh, PR, her level of fame is picking up by the second. She's getting more more and more recognized right now. Matter of fact, she was so excited yesterday she got her first invitation exclusively to a huge event, foundation event, red carpet event, et cetera. And I'm trying to be the husband that is excited every single time that something amazing happens to my wife. But that is like my 9,000th invitation, but it's her first. So now she's developing that muscle, right? And that's a positive thing, develop that muscle, right? As you break down anything, it gets built up stronger. But what comes with all this love she about to get, oh, look at Anna Marie here, look at Anna Marie there, look at Anna Marie there. And somebody like, yeah, look at Anna Marie. <laughs> you already know, right? So I'm trying to help her, but I can't lift them weights for her. She's gonna have to go through that process like we all have. So what do you guys think in terms of the strategies that can be employed to strike that balance on social media? I hate when people say, I cut it off. I'm like, dog, you can't cut off the world, you know, like embrace the world. Know what the world is and then you'll be fine with it. If you know who you are, you know what the world is. You know what battle you're in. So, I hate when people be like, yeah, I'm tired of they talking about me. I'm tired of them talking about me. And I'm like, them, they, they is us. <laughs> you ever catch somebody talking about they? Like, oh, what are you talking about? You talking about all of us. We part of the problem, brother. Do not act like you bigger than thou, right? So let's just get into this situation the proper way. And it's interesting, mental health obviously has been a big conversation around social media. So look, if you're a person just can't take somebody talking bad about you, I ain't talking to you. And I hope I don't know anybody like that, and I hope no one is actually like that. But hey, to each his own, delete your account then. But if you have an account, just know what you're engaging in. Something that is going to highlight the good in you, and sometimes it's going to stress the bad in you. I am cornbread hustling so much. I hate it and I love it more. Oh, man. Log on to projecttransition.org. Recurring donations, weekly or monthly. Yes, this book is yours. Personalized, autographed, hooked up that's my life in there man you got to take care of my life that's my life <laughs> so love to you guys for supporting the foundation you're not so inclined you ain't got it like that the way you're checking and savings works you leave a one-time donation or just leave your email join the team join the movement we out here making some noise and impact with the itty bitties all right let's talk about Joe Namath who says that uh Zach Wilson you ain't making an impact damn it <laughs> time to get your butt up out of here so we saw the Jets lose to the Patriots And they lost 15 to 10. I saw somewhere where the Patriots have beat them, what, like 13 times in a row? That can't be real. Golly, Lord, you're talking about having your number. So he got interviewed, Joe Namath, on the Yes Network. And he said, nope, I didn't take anything positive out of it yesterday. Talking about Zach Wilson's performance. He said he was really disappointed in what he saw on the field. Now, obviously, he played the position before, so... His words do have weight, and then his name is Joe Namath. He did wear fur. Uh, he still is representing the Jets, what, 50, 60, 70 years later, it seemed like. So when he says something, let's say it breaks the concrete. Where is that from? So Joe Namath kept going in on your boy, Zach Wilson, and he said uh, it was, quote-unquote, disgusting when he saw Zach Wilson, specifically on one play, take a sack. Instead of, like, squirming out of it, trying to fight for more yardage, fight to look down the field to hit the receiver, we all know what he was talking about in those moments. So a lot of frustration expressed, and he said, (laughs) he said Zach Wilson need to go to Kansas City and sit on the bench behind Mahomes and learn from a great quarterback. I was like, dang, Uh, no filter. But you know when you have, you Joe Namus age, they always say when you have lived longer than you will live going forward, whatever that number is, you don't give a damn. <laughs> and let's just say right now, Joe Namath, he does not give a damn. Oh, man. He said, uh, you sit down, quote, you sit down on the play, you go right down. What happened? Thought you were trying to win and make plays. You quit on the play? What is going on? It's disgusting. So all that criticism adds up to the words and the weight of an all-time great coming down on the present-day quarterback. All right. Let me give him some positive things he did say about him. He said he had quick feet. He could throw a little bit. <laughs> you know, old people just make crack me. Old people always got a little sting, and even they compliments. Oh, that's that's cute, baby. I hope you ain't going outside looking like, like you're know, what the what you talking about, grandma? So there, yeah, old people always just got to let you know. Hey, I don't live too long. Filter off. When you're young, when you're a kid, like my kids, no filter. When you're old, no filter. Everything in between is just BS cocktail party, PC talk. Oh, inclusion. like Y'all lying. <laughs> you know, you, you check that group text for inclusion if you want to talk like that. So here we go. The weight of the words when they come from a hall of famer, when they come from a great, when they come from someone like a Joe Namath. You know what it is? And it's funny because the old timers are always hovering because you represent them when they can't play anymore the brand that they have is now being charged by how you play think about this and I know you're like what whatever you whatever school you went to let's say you went to Notre Dame and then you went to Notre Dame and you were damn good and then you went to Notre Dame y'all were damn good and then you leave Notre Dame and you hanging out and you the damn good guy from a whole Notre Dame But now, Notre Dame is sorry. (laughs) You see how that affects you? You see how you got to go through these unnecessary but necessary conversations of what happened? And oh, man, thought you guys were amazing when you were there. And then they pump you up. But there's not the fulfillment that comes from y'all still doing what you started, what you did. And that's how we all connected. That's how all these schools get these big endowments. That's how they get us all to continue to pledge and continue to give back to our schools because we want to make sure that we keep the reputation high. So, therefore, what you did is actually being properly represented. I went to Columbia, it was a top five school in the world. If it falls out of the top 20, then people don't look at me like I went to a top five school in the world, but I did, but now they ain't top 20, then what they going to look at me like? They're going to be like, dog, I thought you were smart. Your school ain't that smart. See how it goes. So it does matter to Joe Namath to make sure that the Jets still are the Jets, because when I was with the Jets, we out there getting it. I predicted a championship and damn it, we did it. Now look at the Jets. What the hell is this? Now, obviously, these comments wouldn't land if Aaron Rodgers were the quarterback because they would be doing better. Let's be real. And then Joe Namath could sit back and just say, hey, let me fan the flames of greatness of Aaron Rodgers and what his impact is. But he ain't there. So now he going to have to make sure everyone knows these are not the Jets that we want. And especially Zach Wilson's not the quarterback that we need. So how is Zach feeling right now? Everyone always talk about the New York media, and i played in New York, but not at the professional level. But still, it's New York media. I know it very well. This is how Zach is feeling. Zach has forgotten that he is playing a game of inches. Football is a game of inches. Why is that important right now for Zach Wilson to hear and know? Because Zach Wilson has to remind himself that playing that game of inches means that you're closer than you actually think. Say it again, it's a game of inches. You lose these games, unless it's Denver and Miami, then you, (laughs) it's a game of yards. (laughs) But everything else is a game of inches, you know? You're that close from being the winner or being the loser, from playing well to not playing well, to making that play, to not making that play. I tell you what Barry Sanders told me. He said the difference between a six yard loss Whoa, whoa, tackle for loss. And a 60-yard touchdown, ah, go Barry, is six inches. And think about it. How many times have you seen a guy go like this? Oh, he missed. Touchdown. Or those catches now that everybody, the cornerback's hand is right here and he catches touchdown. Inches. Zach Wilson, you're way closer than you think because objects in the mirror are closer than they appear. If you look in your rearview mirror, you look in your side view mirrors, you see the Zach Wilson who was balling at BYU. Remember him? You see the Zach Wilson who was walking around campus saying, yeah, I'm the man. And then you go into to BYU in Utah. I hope you say, like, yeah, and these are my women. <laughs> if I went to BYU, I'd be like, coach, is it true? He'd be like, what? What's true? I'd be like, you, stop playing. You can't recruit me no other way. <laughs> like I ain't going to BYU unless, I mean, it's good, right? We all kicking it, right? All of them. <laughs> so anyway, Zach Wilson, to, he has to remind himself. He's that close, dog. I remember when I was playing great and when I wasn't playing great. And literally, I was playing okay, good, bad, okay. And then it just like, how can it go like this? Everyone always says the light goes on, right? The game slows down, click. You know why? Because you're that close. If it went click and you weren't nowhere around, you wouldn't even hear the click. You wouldn't even see the click. It would be no clicking. (laughs) It'd just be like, what? What you talking about? So Zach, I just laugh every time I see somebody's the man, the senior on campus with the Letterman jacket. And oh, yeah, I'm in high school. I'm the man. And then go to college freshman year. Huh? How do you play football again? I'm like, dog, relax. <laughs> You're that close. Just put the work in, man, and believe in yourself greater than all those outsiders and how they're trying to project on you right now. It's not going well. Don't get it twisted. You suck right now. I mean, your performance sucks. It's that you don't suck. It. What you putting out there? Whack. But it's that close. Game of inches. Trust me, I know you don't, because in this situation, the game, me, people who have seen you play, believe in you. Your coach, Robert Sala, even though he's lying a little bit, but he doing his job, he believes in you. But all of us can be overruled by one person, Zach Wilson. Don't overrule us in this situation. Now, let's talk about Coach Lyon because that does hurt the team. Because you know why in this situation we know he's lying? Because Zach Wilson has messed up before, uh, not started for this team before, and we've had a chance of other quarterbacks before, and we went out and got Aaron Rodgers, gave him a king's ransom, and we said our fortunes and future is in Aaron Rodgers' hand, and Zach Wilson, you sit back and learn, and now... Zach Wilson has to start. When we done already cast you away. Oops. Oops. What did, what did they say? Don't give up for show to get Mo, because you'll end up with no. And that's what happened. They gave up a for show, and they for show was gonna lose with Zach Wilson, but they gave it up to get Mo, because they wanted more wins out of Aaron Rodgers, and now they got no quarterback out of Aaron Rodgers or Zach Wilson. Crazy how the game goes, but remember this, man. Don't let even a Joe name it from the weight that he carries and his name and what he's saying make you forget how close you can be to where you want to go. Game of inches, and it's that close for Zach Wilson. So what do y'all think about Zach Wilson right now? You think it's a future of him or he done? I don't think he toast yet. I just don't. I, I think he does need some mental makeup uh, changes. I think he needs to stop giggling on the sidelines. I think he needs to express himself a little more, fake it till you make it. It's okay to have a persona, big dog. You don't have to always show your true colors. Show some fake colors, you know what I mean? That's how a lot of animals survive in the wild. (laughs) Camouflage, chameleon, fake colors, whatever you got to do to get yourself to where you got to go. So y'all think he's done or y'all think he got a little life left in? What do you think the fortunes of the Jets are? There are 52 guys in that locker room like, oh, God hate this. And there's one, Zach Wilson. Will he revive himself and help the Jets survive this season? Yellow (laughs) lay. Oh man, I've always been called a nerd, always been called corny. So if you call me that, you gotta get in line, because I've been hearing it for a long time. I love you guys out there, man. ProjectTransition.org, where we meet the kids where they are, and then we develop that inner power within them and amplify it for the world to see. If you go to ProjectTransition.org right now, right now, not, not right now, you will get this book if you leave a recurring donation, any amount, weekly or monthly donation. My life is yours right there. Or you can leave a one-time donation or you just leave your email, just join the team and join the movement and we have impact on these kids in the community. All right, let's talk about who has impact right now in sports media. My man, Pat McAfee, his show looks amazing. I love how they had that disclaimer in the beginning too. They were like, look, basically we gonna cuss and um, we just having fun up here. Y'all tripping, <laughs> don't sue us. I, I like that, man, it's so good to see. All right, so, they had a recent episode on the show where the producer, Ty Schmidt, uh, interviewed Notre Dame's former head coach, Lou Holtz. Salute. First of all, woo, Lou Holtz or Bobby Bowden? First, Let me just go at it. I don't care. They say comparison is the thief of joy. Well, let's steal some joy, damn it. Because I I grew up on two coaches in the 80s. I have my coaches out there, Coach Melvin Smith Sr., Coach Ballou, rest in peace. Um, I had all my coaches. But, damn it. When I looked at TV, I don't even know, like, the NFL coaches like that. I-, I heard of, you know, Tom Landry and stuff, but I wasn't watching them like that. I was watching Lou Holtz just sit there. I swear Lou Holtz just be sitting there with that hat on. he be like, mm-hmm, just looking like this. And then Bobby Bowden looked like he always chilling. Like, he always just... He always ordering lemonade. He just always like, yeah, I'll take a three piece. Oh, go run that touchdown. Like, he just looked chill. And all that though, that used to give me hype. So when I saw Lou Holtz was in this story, obviously it got my energy up. Well, he was getting impersonated by the producer, Ty, and he was doing an interview with Lou Holtz as impersonating Lou Holtz. So he talking to himself in character, right? So he fully in character. He got the costume on. Uh, he got the prosthetic face, everything, full character. All right. So during the segment, this is what happened. Uh, the real Lou host criticized Ohio State, in particular, saying under Coach Ryan Day that the team looks softer, and that's led to some of their losses, right? And he predicted Notre Dame was going to win because of that assessment. Duh. First of all, that's one of those rivalry rooting kind of statements like the rhetoric. Let me say that rivalry rooting rhetoric, right? He ain't really tripping. He just like, how do I get to saying Notre Dame going to win? Oh, they look soft, right? So that's how that went. Now, remember the real Lou host is saying this to the fake Lou Host. <laughs> and it gets around town. Let's just say that. So here's a quote from it uh, addressing this after Coach Ryan Day caught wind of it, and after, of course, uh, they win last second victory over Notre Dame, he said, I'd like to know where Lou Holtz is right now. What he said about our team, what he said about our team, I cannot believe. <laughs> These coaches, first of all, uh, like, like yesterday, Dan Lanning stop talking about he didn't know the cameras were there. It ain't a place you go in this world right now where there's not gonna be a camera or you already know there's a camera there and you hoping that this there so you can get caught for your recruiting purposes. So obviously, Coach Day know that they, this was going to get back, right? He said, uh, I, I texted everybody I know from Ohio State. Uh, this is what they were saying on the show. I was like, I fucking love Ryan Day. I love the fact that he was like, I would hit an old man. I do not care. What this guy said is out of pocket. And now we got the back and forth. You got McAfee just chimed in, loving the fact that Ryan Day was like, Lou Holtz, I don't give a damn. You said something about my team, something about my boss. We're about to go to war. And then Pat McAfee going in, Ty, like, dog, I'm just faking Lou Holtz. And Lou Holtz is over there like, What's going on? <laughs> One thing about Lou Holtz, and I've worked with him a few times, I can see why he was a hell of a coach and hell of a recruiter. The man is smart, wise, but gentle, like kinda like 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 a I hate to say this, it's going to sound crazy. like a Yoda, like, you know, he, he'd be like, what? You feel wiser around that sucker, man. I love that dude, right? So then all of this was kind of like a little bit of a joke, a little bit of serious, and you didn't know where to go with this, right? So then Lou Holtz also joked about having dementia and not fully understanding what he was saying during the interview in the first place. So what do we make of all of this? He questioned uh, whether Dave was aware uh, that Lou Holtz, was actually talking to a fake Lou Holtz because Ryan Day came in a little hot 100, came in a little hotter than you think he should have when he should have seen or known the context of this was like, dog, come on. It's Lou Holtz rooting for Notre Dame, talking to a fake Lou Holtz. Maybe it's not that serious, that that deep. Okay, so then they all kind of buttoned it up by saying, hey, look, us being in the middle of the whole thing is so dumb. I was laughing until I thought I was going to pass out on Saturday Night. That's what happened on the Pat McAfee show. What kind of, kind of antics they up to over there, and it's crazy because sometimes you get lost in not knowing the scenario, the situation, like Ryan Day probably did, and you just read it and you just hear about it. You say, what do you say? What Lou Holtz say? What? Oh, this is my moment. I can step with Lou Holtz and say something bad about Notre Dame and get some of them recruits come over to Ohio State. I don't know why I got that Ryan Day voice and um, keep it going so all of that can work right. Now, it was talk. From a rivalry tongue it was coming from a place of like but he did say something I want to talk through how does the entire team get labeled soft how do you call somebody in combat sports and contact sports soft now let's be real there are times when you don't want to hit somebody for various reasons uh, you can have uh, I had a separated AC joint in my shoulder that meant eh, that hurt <laughs> I didn't want to go and pound people. Now, I couldn't run away from contact because you know on the football field, you don't go 100% or you're 100% guaranteed to get your ass hurt again and again. So there were times I didn't want to hit because of injury. Was there ever a time I didn't want to hit? Was there ever a time I was soft just because of the game? Yeah, I'll give you a moment. I had to go against Jamie Nails one time in practice. Jamie Nails weighed 419 pounds at one time. And I remember telling you guys, and I keep reiterating, that it's one thing to go against a great player when they're on another team. 60, 70 reps, we play them once a season. Maybe we don't play them at all. Maybe we got to play them twice because they're in our division. Whatever. 120 reps max. When they're your teammate, let me just tell you what happens. (laughs) You got to see them Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Loop around. Got to see him next Wednesday, Thursday. <laughs> You're like, talk. I had to hit Jamie Nails for 19 pounds one time. We had to do Oklahoma drill. Sit? And I'm looking up and I'm like, I, I, I'm looking at it like, coach, this is a rhino. This is a moose. This is not, this is not a mammal like me. This is a different animal. and I'm not lying, he knocked my helmet in directions it ain't supposed to go. Ear pads on nose, you know right here, the forehead pad on the chin, and I was like, oh. and I blacked out. See, I played in an era where we didn't get concussions. We never said concussion. I don't think I ever heard a play, I'm not lying, concussion? I heard of people getting knocked out, which was a concussion, but concussed? Like, Like Jimmy Garoppolo, he's in concussion protocol, like that, what? play what we didn't even take what tent ain't no medical tent fool you better go out there play so when it happened to me and you know a oklahoma drill you got to go twice Pow! i'm like and then right then i didn't want to hit him again i ain't lying i swear to y'all i wanted to quit football now there have been times I, i thought about my football mortality and i thought about quitting football when i was younger but i was like that moment i was like I would do anything for a lifeline. Get me out of this next rep, because you got to go twice. Coach, all right, all right. Everybody, like, ooh, ooh, I see you, Wiley. Not like in a good way, like I ain't dead yet. I see you, Wiley. You still alive? Nails, ooh. Nails walking like this, ooh. Getting dyinged up again. And I remember putting my hand down and having to look up again. And I, it was like I went from black to just nails again, who was just eating up the whole visual screen again. And then you hear that whistle again. And I swear I don't even know what happened. I, just, I don't know what happened. But then you move on with the rest of practice. Uh, soft. I've always took exception to soft when you're talking about combat contact sports because ain't nothing soft about it, baby. <laughs> Even Even the guys who don't want to hit, like Deion Sanders, they say he never want to hit. Ain't nothing soft about him, though. He just don't want to hit somebody. And that ain't the only way you measure someone soft, right? Sometimes soft is... Hey, there's some adversity in front of you. Hey, we down, we down 5 right now with a ball 122 to go. Are oh, you soft? You thought the game was over. Are oh, you soft? You don't want to believe and drive us down here? Are oh, you soft? You ain't going to run through the next wall? Are oh, you soft? You know what I mean? Like soft is mental too. It ain't just physical, expressed only physically. So I've seen some guys who in crunch, tr- crunch moments, critical moments freeze up. You know, not like don't want that challenge. Avoid that, I, and I see it with my little kids right now. Some kids just don't want to go through the smoke. They just don't. So, I ain't take exception to it, but I just wanted to talk a little deeper through what soft looks like and what does it mean. And what do y'all think of Pat McAfee's show so far? I think it's doing amazing. Uh, everything I see about it, I love. Um, I love the fact that, I love the intros. I love the fact that he's still at the crib. I love all what I see. Um, and should head coach, Ryan Day, should have took this a little lighter, right? Eh. Maybe he did take it lighter, but he was like, this a moment. I'm i am I'ma ride. If Dan Landon getting props, I'm about to get mine too, right? So, and do y'all agree what Lou Ho said about Ohio State? Do you think a team could be soft? I do, I know what you're saying, but show me how. Don't just say, yeah, y'all soft. Why? Explain yourself. Rolling. <laughs> I feel like I was rolling blade, I'm sorry. All right. Let's get into this bonus topic right here after I show some love for this. ProjectTransition.org, log on to it. Pete Ellis Dodge, ProjectTransition.org, right there. You gotta go give a recurring donation, all recurring donors. All, todos, raw, todos. All of y'all will get this book right here sent to you. My life in this book. You guys think I'm crazy? Wait till you read these crazy stories that really happen. All right, let's get into this bonus topic and get it in. Tyreek Hill, Michael Parsons got a little playful. Playful back and forth right now using their platforms. They're both on their podcast talking trash about each other, man. It's pretty fun to see. Uh, Basically, Tyreek Hill is saying that he's a lion, not just a cheetah anymore. And Micah Parsons is saying, look, bro, I love you, big dog. But guess what you are? You may be a baby lion, a cub, but you are not a big lion yet. So Parsons said, listen, Tyreek, if you come over my way and I see you coming my way, I'm sending you to the I'm sending you to the sidelines. You're going to say, hey, coach, I don't want nothing to do with Micah Parsons. You don't want to do that. I already said it once. I said it on social media. My baby girl's getting cheetah print for Christmas. <laughs> She's getting a cheetah print. Come over here to my side, and my baby girl's getting cheetah print. All right. So that's what's funny about this. Now, they went back and forth. They're having fun with it. You know, Miami is out there eating balling out of control. I saw that week one when they came to play the Chargers. Uh, they just got a tremendous, tremendous team speed. Uh, the skilled position players are outstanding. Uh, Tua is Tua. People forget, and this is why I was always on the Tua train, he was the most efficient college quarterback in history. think he's going to be all right in the NFL, let's just say that. All right, so we know how that goes. <coughs> what I want to talk about is how play play, all this fun and games, turns real, once you cross the white lines, once you are on the field, that switch that athletes have, the ability to compartmentalize, but that switch, because it's really a psycho switch. It's really crazy to see, okay, because I play with guys who have that switch, nice guys. I tell my Chris Philman, if you don't know who Chris Philman is, Google him about that life, Gladiator, Right now, during the work week, Chris Billman is a nice guy, just walks around, went to Ohio State, guess he's soft, <laughs> Lou Holtz, no he ain't, so he walked around like this, I seen him a few times out with the double-decker stroller, saw him with the family and stuff, uh, Pro he used to wear pro wings, like just a normal, like a dad, like all-in dad, like, hey, Chris, he's like, hi, how are you, nice guy, good dude. And then Sunday would come around. He's the first one that I experienced. I was like, oh, like, I got to go to that place to go out there on that field and do what I need to do? Okay. Because I thought I was already going to a good place. But he went to a special place. (laughs) So I'm looking, I'm like, he all of a sudden came in the locker room and he's doing this. He's like Terminator. And I'm not lying. Not blinking and not breaking stare with nobody. Just walking. And I'm like, so, you know, you read the cues, you're looking around like, all right, um, I, I don't mess with him, I guess, <laughs> right? Then you see him playing, you're like, yeah, I know why. But then you watch him, he not breaking there, stare, you getting out of his way, and then <clears throat> he had two smelling salts jammed up each nostril and was walking around with him activated like this. I was like, damn. I ain't gonna lie, I am glad he's my teammate. <laughs> he hit me, I have a problem. And then you saw how he played, he was like, goodness. Now, I juxtaposed that, him and a John Henderson. Remember big John Henderson, played for the Jacksonville Jaguars? So psycho, so psycho, let's go. Just spitting, yelling, ah. Walking up to the training staff, slap me in my face. Wow, slap me again. Look at me, I'm, I'm faking the slap and I ain't even hitting myself. <laughs> he's like, faking again. yeah, do it again. I mean, I was like, I got to go there to go on that field. Now, this is like my ninth, tenth year in the league, so I already know. Like, I ain't got to do all that, but there's a switch. You juxtapose that, contrast that with these guys, like a Ted Washington. Ted Washington, on game day, be sitting there on his chair just looking around. He just be looking at people. He be like, I know you ain't going to do nothing. He just be like, like an old grandma. I be like, I know you ain't going to do nothing today. Look at you, boy. Look at you, boy. Is that a limp? You already, you're already, tight. You're already tight. you already... Boy, you had a bad practice last week. I know you ain't about to show. <laughs> you just got jokes. You're like, damn, Ted. Ted go out there. Wah, 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 wah. Put them hands, them paws on people. Lock it down. Junior out. He in the pregame. Buddy, what's up, guys? <laughs> Whoa, it's a great day to be alive, ain't it? Oh, my God. What would you rather do than do this right now? I love you, man. You going to be good? Like, Junior's just... This, you got a stand-up show at, at 1 o'clock kick-off, <laughs> just kicking it, and then go out there. Sideline, 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 sideline. Crazy, right? But there's a switch. And that switch is how Micah Parsons, how Tyreek Hill are going to be like... Ah, ah, and then... Zzz, ferocious out there. Lions, Cubs, Cheetahs, whatever you want to call it, they're going to get it in. so. I just love when you see the meat and potatoes storylines get some of the flavor. These guys going back and forth, woofing at each other, talking that trash. Who ain't gonna watch Oregon next time they play Colorado? Just for more than anything. I wanna see what coaches are gonna do now. Prime, what's your response to that? Lanning, you got the same kind of you got the same energy? Oregon. Y'all gonna back that up? Colorado, y'all gonna step it up? That's what I love about sports, man. You always got a chance to respond long as you do it the right way. So I love when real pl- play play turns to real, real, real <laughs> on the football field. Uh, tell me how you think this helps in terms of the context of a game and gets you invested and interested in it. Uh, it's all playful until somebody really gets hurt or somebody really gets on that field and realize these hits really hurt. And better player, Micah Parsons, Or Tyreek Hill? Who's the real lion out of those two? And who's the cub in that conversation? All right, y'all. It's time to focus some comments. Focus some comments here. T.O. and Shannon. Let's talk to it. I'm on Stephen A. Smith's side on this. I didn't like how he went at max. As unentertaining as Max was, I tried watching his shows. I think to keep answering why you let him go needs to end, especially if you and him don't rock with each other. But T.O. needed to mind his business because he know he and that man no longer rock with each other also. I get it. Uh, I'm as, I'm riding with Stephen A. Smith. When you go as a black man, at a black man, that's what he meant, that a white man is blacker than a black man. As a black man, you call Stephen A. Smith a Sambo on national TV. You got all these people riding with you, but Stephen A. Smith is a journalist. His business is gossip. T.O. ain't winning this. Okay. Uh, Stephen A. Smith deserves all the smoke coming his way. It was totally uncalled for to dog Max like that, just to show off his power at ESPN. Shannon better not outshine him or he's going to catch some of that secondhand smoke. Yeah, the thing about it is um, Stephen A. Smith, I do not dislike Stephen A. Smith. I look forward to seeing Stephen A. Smith again uh, whenever that may be. I have no issue with him. Uh, What I have an issue with is when someone does the wrong thing and I don't care who you are. I was raised that way. My daddy didn't give a damn. When I came home, I said, Daddy, daddy, they messing with me. He said, what you do? First thing, he ain't asked what they do. He said, what you do? Now, tell him, and he was like, what you really do? Because he know that wasn't the full story. Then I tell him the full story, and he like, you did this wrong, that made them do that, and then they did that wrong, and then you need to respond like this. But well, my daddy never, ever was lenient with me when he knew I was in the wrong. I ain't gonna do the same. That's how I was raised. Look, you could do better than that. Stephen A. Smith, leave Max alone, bro. You ain't gonna ever, you, you will never clarify that properly because clarifying it properly means telling the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth and that ain't gonna make you look good. So leave it alone, we get it, you lied about it, you did them wrong, whatever you wanna call it, it's all good. Now you and T.O., that's minor. That's, I mean, it's major to T.O. because ESPN has been dogging them for years, so I know why you're mad. Um, but, hey, both of y'all took it out on somebody else. Leave that alone. Oregon coach. Travis Hunter wouldn't have made a difference. Oregon could have actually scored more. It's different playing trash teams like Colorado State University against playing elite talent like Oregon. Um, he would have made a difference because psychologically he would have inspired them to do more. I don't know if the score is different, but the guys may have played better. You can play better and still not score more sometimes, you know? Like, you could have a win and to be an ugly win, right? And you can have a pretty loss. And then you also could just feel better about, okay, we didn't do this and that. I mean, look, it goes all ways. So you try and tell me Travis Hunter on the field does nothing to them. That's ignorant. We know that. That ain't true. Maybe the score is not closer, but at the same time, it doesn't mean that the guys weren't going to go out there and play better. I've been in games before where we scored, but we ain't moved the ball. But we just scored big plays or took advantage of the mistakes. But that wasn't making us feel the best because we were like, everything we called wasn't working. Just one or two plays here and there. You know the game. Um, Let's go here. The coach for Oregon is great. He deserves all the props in the world. Tired of Prime and the Spoiled Sons. Oh, we doing that. Spoiled Sons. The boys work. Stop letting Instagram fool you. Stop letting well-off media and his production company fool you. The boys work. Everybody, no one is good at anything without working. Can y'all stop that? Remember, y'all did that to Dwight Howard. Oh, look at—he just rolls out the bed. He's seven feet and he got muscles. Don't work out. See how many muscles you got. <laughs> right? Think about it. Stop. Shannon and Skip. Stephen A. Smith didn't treat Max Kellerman any better, in my opinion. He was always condescending kind of towards Max. Here we go. Honestly, even though I think Skip was out of pocket, I don't believe he really thought he was disrespecting Shannon on any other heated exchanges. Skip just is who he is. He's always been a guy that takes shots or low blows when he gets fired up and over-emotional. But I don't think he really lost respect for him. Could be wrong. Truth be told, I think it was the other way around after some of their heated exchanges. But where Skip might have thought everything was fine, Shannon wasn't going for it. Yeah, I, I, look, Skip. Skip fights... Barely with the gloves on. Like, all right, he's, if he's going to fight you, the gloves are on, but they're not tied. They're not laced. <laughs> and they're easy to slip off. And wah, wah. And he expects you to do the same, except um, he can't take it the same. He expects you to fight, but it hurts him. You know why? Because I've seen when Shannon did fight back, Skip all of a sudden changes the conversation. So the way Skip fights is emotionally. So people who are emotional, they don't fight physically the same. They stop doing this, and then they start being passive aggressive, or they start bringing up other stuff, or they start talking about different things to try and get at you, right? And you're like, what? We talking about this. (laughs) Where you going? And that's how Skip fights. So um, UFC Dana White, if it's a contact sport like UFC or football, I care quite a bit about transgenders competing. If it's non-contact sport like swimming, track and field, or whatever, I could not care less. Um I care all the time the same amount just because I just know that men versus women in sports is not a fair fight. At the highest levels it's not. You know, man to woman, I got boys, I got I got a boy, I got a girls. Stop it. I I'm a man. I play. Stop it. So I like to protect women. I like to protect men. You know? Simple as that. And then you hear about some of these hits, some 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 transgenders playing tackle football, her putting it in work, putting it in Putting in work. Alright, you know how we finish every show. We finish it with a w-li-ism. Yeah. Fall in love with the process and the results will love you back. Yes, fall in love with the process and the results will love you back. That's how the game goes, you know. Um, Not just go through the process, go through the motions. Fall in love with it because you're going to start to find the subtleties. You're going to find the little nooks and crannies you need to really do the job to another level. And then you're going to love work. If you love working, woo, you're going to outwork everybody, right? And that's why I'm trying to condition my kids to do right now. Stop complaining. Don't mope. Don't make it hard on yourself. Enjoy what you're doing because you're going to do it anyway. Might as well have fun doing it. Find the fun in it. And there's always, I say to them, because when we go out in public, then all of a sudden they're like, huh? Oh, you know, kids don't understand those dynamics. They're used to controlled environments. Think about it at home, at a play date, at a party, right? All still controlled, even though it may be chaos within it. At school, etc., cetera, right? When you take them out in this random, you take them to a game or something, they're like, oh, God, are we, oh, what are we doing? Oh, why does it take so long? Why are so many people here? Why is it so long a line to get some popcorn? I was like, one word. I always say, one word. What's the word? Patience. The process teaches you you have to have patience. You're improving, taking a step forward, a step back. Two steps forward, one step back. Two steps forward, three steps back. Patience, but still go through the process and love it. Love that patient process that you're enduring. Once you do that, guess what's going to happen? And I don't know when it's going to happen. It happens faster for some. It happens in a long time for some. Let's be real. Sometimes it doesn't happen. You got to shift gears. You got to shift lanes. But the result's going to love you back. Because even if you got to shift lanes, you're going to go somewhere where you belong. You're going to go somewhere where you need to go. If you said, I'm going to open up a business, and guess what? Ah, man, I'm about to sell me some gadgets. And next thing you know, the business of selling gadgets doesn't work. But your network, your inner software, what you did to all of a sudden coalesce and to make sure you designated all the systems, that's what worked. People want to buy that from you. and eh, we don't want your gadget. But damn, how you service that, how you got that distributed, how you got that out there, interested in buying that. Then you can really sing it. Same thing with this show, never shut up. Um, I started off saying I just want to tell the truth about everything, learn and unlearn. And I'm going to have a variety of topics. I know some topics ain't going to go viral. I ain't stupid. (laughs) Some topics people will be like, all right, that was a good story, but I, you know, and I know certain topics will. And it's funny because you guys are the marketplace. So I give you the buffet and I see what y'all eating. What y'all eating is, we're covering sports, but y'all really eating on we covering those who cover sports like nobody else. And y'all like, yeah, take me behind that curtain, wow, take me behind the veil, take me on that field, inside that huddle, inside that helmet, that's what we doing. So, same thing, I fell in love with just doing the show, the process of it, and now I'm loving the results because I'm reading what you guys are loving as well thank you guys for all the support we are out here killing it so make sure whatever you're doing whatever it is just fall in love find it make it fine make it look good make it have backs make it have face make it look good to you fall in love with that process and the results will love you back all right y'all that'll do it for more to it check the show notes for all the information on our topics today today want to keep the conversation going let's talk find me on all socials at marcellus wiley more tours is a production of dan patrick productions that dude entertainment and workhouse media the Show is executive produced by dan patrick marcellus wiley paul anderson and nick Panella. thanks for all the love ratings and subscriptions and reviews membership to wiley's world on youtube keep it coming because there's more coming for more to it talk to y'all hella soon